It's been a while to the Everyman Upland podcast. Coming at you from uh, Caleb's house today. Not the studio. Yeah. The cat room. The cat room. Actually, actually. <laughs> fully dedicated. What are there? Y'all don't have cats. No cats. <laughs> Sore subject. Moving on. Um, brought to you by Quail Ridge Plantation, Norman Park, Georgia. Uh, com. Still time to book a hunt, I assume, for this season. It's uh Oh, yeah. There's a few openings. Yeah, we're recording yep. January, what is it, January 4th. Fourth. Yep. So uh, hopefully have it out this week and you guys can go to quailridgeplantation.com. There's a number there. You can book a hunt or, you know, get with at. You can really, if you Instagram any of us, uh, at well, Everyman Upland or at Quail Guy Dogman. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Or at Sawiga Upland. Yeah. That's Caleb. Yeah. <clears throat> Just some of our Instagram handles out there. And by the way, it's Sam, Caleb, and Henry here yeah. today with you. The uh well probably the probably the most core members of, of core contributors. Ev- yeah. Right. Yeah. We're just getting back in the groove. So yeah. we're just taking it easy today. Really how you know, Henry's been after me about do another episode and we really do need to do another episode but we thought the stars were going to align today we all had an opportunity to hunt and uh it looked like it was going to happen and then some weather rolled in and kind of wrecked all those plans so we're still trying to do something a little hunting related yeah yeah we were either going to sit around and talk about hunting so that uh, you know not an excuse about why we're not doing podcast but you know when this group gets together we're either eating talking about planning a hunt or hunting yeah and so it's hard to be like let's get together and yes. do a podcast it's hard to hard to record a podcast with your mouth full too yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah oh, so and uh we're not in the studio so we got a little four roses uh, in the glass today, delicious. Four is single barrel, a little better than right. the four roses. Um, so, what we're going to talk about today? We just need like a general catch up. First thing, let's touch on opening weekend. Oh yeah, banger. Yes, amazing. Yeah. So, we in Georgia, first of all. Yeah, we're in as South we've, Georgia, as yeah. we've mentioned before, probably on this podcast. Um, a lot of the public land quail hunting is set up in a way that um, some of the better places are quota only, uh, lottery style hunts. Yeah. So there's a period, like about a month, two months that you have to apply. And then right before the season opens, usually like with, within a month or so of the season like opening. October 15th. Yeah, about a month. Like a month yeah, about a yeah. month before the season opens, they'll announce winners. And it's very similar in like, big game states that do it you know like if you don't win anything but you put your name in you, you, you get, get a bonus point, point. yeah points yeah, points for the next year uh, preference points yeah. yeah um the out of the six guys or so that kind of pulled their their uh their choices this year we sort of all plan yeah, we don't pull our points but we no yeah we, we you, all kind of apply for the same yeah hunts. so that we you know there's a good chance of maybe two guys pulling the same one because you can take yeah. Two people with you. Two guests, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Georgia. for got to turn Caleb up a little bit. For quota 
quail hunt quail hunts you're allowed to bring two guests so this year it just so happened that we lucked out and myself and a good buddy of ours um pulled the same hunt opening day at a wma near us and so that made uh for an epic start to quail camp 2022 yeah we uh we were able to take six of us total onto this wma how many Had, dogs did we say like 10 or 11 yeah. oh yeah it was a lot of dogs yeah i brought four i just brought did i just bring one i brought one yeah yeah, yeah. I just, you brought, had, yeah. i've had some tragedy so i just brought one yeah yeah the day before like as craig was arriving at my house i just got the news that purdy passed away yeah in the operating table oh okay that is a festive laundry alarm. <laughs> that is, it's my, not just like a. Yeah. And then uh, my dog passed away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was kind of dealing with that still. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was that long. That's okay. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm doing better now. <laughs> But yeah, so I just had one. Uh, yeah, Henry I, I lost four. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Henry brought four. Caleb brought. I just had one. One, and uh, let's see. Drake had one. Yeah, he brought his cocker. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Shane had three at least. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we had plenty yeah, of dogs. Yeah. A lot of dogs. Craig, plenty of hunters. Yeah. Um, Craig had Bobby. Yeah, just an awesome way to kick things off for wild birds this year uh had a lot of success um you know, yeah we'll recap that yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a probably later. a whole whole yeah. episode yeah. dedicated so to opening weekend yeah, yeah we rocked it if you follow us on instagram you already know the yeah. outcome of that hunt yeah anyway. but it was it was a gangbusters yeah that'll go down as one of the best wild bird hunts i probably will ever go on yeah. then we had a good follow-up day everybody yep. was tired though so quail camp the first quail camp I feel like we had a lot more energy going in to day two. Mm-hmm. Everybody was pretty tired. Well, half of the party was fresh. Was fresh, yeah. Yeah. First year. And then day two this year, I think everybody's just wore out. Yeah, well, we hunted hard. We hunted till, from sun up to yeah. sundown. Yeah, yeah that's true. We there all day. And it wasn't, it ended up being pretty warm that afternoon. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was not cold. But, so, uh, since then, I've had, I was counting up on the way here, I've had like six good days where I've been able to hunt just wild birds. Cool. For, you know, me hunt. <clears throat> I have not calculated my my wild bird hunting, but it's, that's not a, it's not six yet. I think I've, I've I may have only gone probably, four or five other times. Yeah, I'm probably at four. Four or five. Yeah. But I did, I think we, uh. We did some stuff, and not just at opening weekend, but um, since then on public land. I've I've done some stuff. I didn't actually get a chance to um, opening weekend, but since then I've gone to another WMA and, and had a chance to hunt solo, which is something I haven't done before on, on public land, and I really enjoyed that. Um, got got there super early and, and uh, was able to find some birds by oh, myself yeah, before yeah. Uh, Sam actually showed up later that afternoon. Yeah. But that was that was really that's awesome. Uh, you know, it's I've always kind of seen quail hunting as a social sport to an extent, but 
getting out there by yourself, just you and your dogs. That's a, that's a, another fun aspect to it that I hadn't experienced before. I've been enjoying that more for sure. And now we've got some WMAs opening up close to us that I think that'll even be more frequent because it's just easier to like pop out for an afternoon. Yeah. We got a few that are closed to small game during deer season, but this weekend is the last weekend of deer season. So we'll be good. Yeah. Cause anything at the beginning of the season for us represents, I mean, not like a huge trip, but it's like a, you got to get everything together. It's a trip. It's a drive. Yeah. And so it's not just, you're not just going to like pop out for a quick, like today we, we needed a whole day without weather. Yeah. To go hunting. So, yeah, most places the right now, the only, the closest open place is still about 35, 40 minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. And then most other places, like the other areas that we hunt are all around an hour away. Yeah. Yep. So let's do dog updates. How, how's everybody doing? I know Henry lost a dog too. Yeah. I lost uh, my cocker over the summer moose. Um, so that was not fun. Um, I've gotten several dogs. Let's see. I've actually got one of, uh, Sam's Brittany puppies, which we'll hit on that too. I'm sure in a second. Um, Sam's had his first litter of registered Brittany's. Um, it's been an experience. Yeah. (laughs) I bet. Um, let's see. I got a male. I think I've come up with a male Vesla since our last episode named Russ. Um, you got a name for the pup? Yeah, right now I'm calling him Gunnison. Um, yeah. not I'm not 100% sold on if his call name is going to be Gunny or Son. Uh, <laughs> both are good. Yeah. So my dog, most of my dogs get called Son anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Son. There's usually something after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. It's, it's just the beginning of Especially their title. Day in the mud. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I was telling them, you know, <clears throat> it rained us out today. So I ended up piddling around the barn and, uh, you know, we had a big line of thunderstorms come through and I put my dogs up in the barn and I was like, okay, when the rain calms down, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put them back out in the kennel. Well, you know, did they just go back into the kennel? No, they started acting a fool in the yard. And so then, you know, I go to get Jesse and have to drag her over well there's a little mud spot right in front of the kennel and i slipped down in the mud and so yeah i want to murder some dogs like some choice language i don't actually want to murder my dogs but i'm sure everybody under if you got a bird dog you've been there you've been there mentally no you guys don't get like that yeah yes. or alistair all the time <laughs> yeah daily at least every other <laughs> yeah it's like I could punch. Don't ask my wife. It's like it's, if you were a human, I'd punch you in the face. hourly with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great hunting dog. Not so much in the backyard. Yeah. Alice is turning out, speaking of dog, dog power, Alice is turning out to be a stud. I'm like really impressed from what I've seen with yeah. Alice. He's he's doing good, especially to be my first. Yeah. He's got some legs on yeah. him, man. Yeah. He gets around. He's yes, starting. Sir. He's start, starting to stretch on out a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And Finding I, wild birds. Yep. He found his first, and I shot my first wild bird over him this year. So 
Yeah, Caleb is on the board. He get, you came on the scoreboard strong <laughs> with Quail. Had to catch up. Yeah, I, th- I think true. you were the only person to limit out. Isn't that right? Did anybody else get three opening weekend? No, I got, I got two. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I got two. I, I, I think it's three, yeah. by the way. On, yeah, on WMA. Up. Yeah. But the the awesome part about that hunt to me was that everybody that came and shot killed a bird. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have one person leave, leave there without killing a bird. And there were plenty of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, if if I could halfway shoot, I would have should have killed a limit. Yeah. Of three. I killed two. Yeah, I definitely yeah. had the opportunity. I whiffed early in the day. I whiffed late in the day. I'm good at that. I'm good. Me yeah. and Caleb. I were, can miss it any any hour of the day. I whiffed <laughs> three volleys in a row on the farm. On uh, I can tell you where this hunting spot is because yeah. you know you're not but, allowed there. It's, yeah, yeah, it's mine. <laughs> so we were on the farm the other day, and uh, we were going old school. So like uh, one of us on one side of a fence row, and uh, you know it was kind of a grown up fence row and. Tex actually was the my cocker. Yeah, he was the stud of this hunt because he just got in there, and uh, Caleb shot for. I heard the flush, Caleb, but they came out Caleb's side. He shot, and then they started coming out my side. Shot twice, miss, miss, reload. Here comes some more birds. Shoot twice. They were in the sun. I'm gonna say that. I'm just gonna use <laughs> yeah. that excuse. <laughs> Go ahead, Henry. I see you bobbing. What you what you got? I was not present, but <laughs> I know I'm, based on educated oh, guesses, they were getting it too, and it was like wide open feet, haired up. There wasn't even any vegetation. On I the had ground. to wait on those birds to get on out, and I still. Oh, you smacked, dude! You like destroyed that bird. <laughs> it was a bob. Yeah, but that was fun. Yeah, just being able to. I'm, I've been proud of Tex this year on yeah. the dove field. I mean, that's something oh, else yeah. we can hit on. Yeah, that's another. We've had some good dove hunts. We, we're getting it, guys. Man, we had a banger yeah. of yep. a dove hunt, too. And what, we're halfway through the season? Not dove, but yeah. wild bird season. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that. Yeah, I think. Man, January and February gets out of hand, though. Technically, we're not even halfway, halfway through quail season, wild quail season. But we have till the end of January for dove and dove. Yeah, so. yeah we, did, we were able to do a combo duck duck well not in the same sitting but yeah. day same a- day day after christmas uh we came out to my house and did a um duck hunt that morning in what we call the hidden pond yeah and then it's hidden we're like well don't, we can- try, don't try to come find it yeah because <laughs> it's hidden we had like th- three flights come in more of sam whiffing yeah, I, I think we we killed one one bird. There. I killed one bird there, and so since I was the only one that killed one, we're like, we'll we'll go to another spot. I'll see just see if I can flush some to you guys. We know where they like to hang out, and this hardly ever works. Uh, never. <laughs> so <laughs> Sam and Caleb go line up on the dam, the pond dam, and I s- sneak in through the woods. And holy cow! I've never seen this many wood ducks get up at once. We estimated conservatively fifty. Yeah. Oh yeah, got got up at one time and, and stayed f- in the same yeah. group and flew straight towards Caleb and Sam. I think in one pass they killed three. Yeah, yeah, and had opportunities at another pass, but they were a little further out. But. Yeah. 
So needless to say, a blind will be going into that pond. <laughs> yeah, man. It, that was a cool day. And then we took kind of a short ride. I went home, sold a puppy, and then came back and threw a dove shoot. Yeah. Like a hundred. I mean, I sat a hundred yards from where I was set up to kill ducks. Yeah. Then I was sitting on a hay bale. I got some shot at doves. I shot a box of shells. Yeah, I shot about a box. That's how I have to measure dove hunt success. I think I shot maybe a little over two boxes. <laughs> oh, that the but the first one we had there, I shot a lot, a lot more. Yeah, did well. That was a good dove hunt. They were everywhere, coming in at a good pace. Tex yeah. had a good day that day too. I tell you what, I picking some dove up. Tell you what we didn't do this year is uh, public land dove hunting. Nope. I don't think I'm going to do that again. We have yeah. enough opportunity on yeah private so, fields around here. Say what yeah. you want about so, me. I see you in your pickup truck just driving along, smirking. Like, oh, this guy, he's not going to hunt public land dove. Well, it's crazy. It is insane. <laughs> yeah, you go. You go, go reference that episode. <laughs> I will tell you where to sit. Yeah. <laughs> Opening day. Get there early. And watch as the flashlights flood down into the field. <laughs> yeah. Like stars <laughs> from that hilltop. Ugh. Elmadale. Yeah. I'll tell you there. Everybody, because everybody and their grandma already knows yeah, about, they know it. about it. Yeah. If you have a, if you have a lead deficiency, go, go to Elmadale. <laughs> eat the dirt. Golly. <laughs> that's one of the craziest hunting events I've ever been a part of yeah and i'm sure that that's like a big to do for a lot of those people like they go there every year mm-hmm. they have to it must be tradition that's the only thing that could possibly compel me to do it again but and there were dove there i mean there were it wasn't like there wasn't any shooting but anyway just picture yourself and a thousand <laughs> people thousand of the people you'd least like to be around yeah uh, with a gun strength. in their hands, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and sit in an open field with no protection with a game warden riding around on a four wheeler, checking your and license. the heat index is one hundred and ten. There must have been six hundred mojos in that field. <laughs> I conservatively, yeah, no. The, at that point, it's not doing anything. It's like who was out there? <laughs> like a thousand people at an, an aerial view of this field would have just been like it'll look like the ocean just yeah mojos moving everywhere. And I, you know i've seen uh more people out this year i would say last year we i hardly saw anyone i've definitely seen more quail hunters on yeah uh the last hunt we had on public land i saw Three, maybe four other parties. Yeah. They weren't happy to see me. No. <laughs> well. Apparently, look, look, I hate everybody. Yeah. I would need so, to be more aware of my we public were, image. So if you're listening to this. Yeah, we were yeah. told by a third party that Sam may or may not suffer from RBF. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Whatever. I was having a great day that day. Also. I, I took it to heart. I was like, man. I was having a good day. <laughs> oh man! Also, um, I did have something happen this year on public land that it's not like a good thing. Mm. It's it's kind of like a toe stepping issue, uh, um, and it's nothing like I did wrong or anyone else did wrong. I got 
to I hunted an area super early, like probably seven thirty eight in the morning, and then later I see some other people hunting that area that I don't know, mm. and it's not a big deal, but you know, probably the neighborly thing would have been be like, hey, I already, I already, them birds are gone, yeah, <laughs> but just uh, watch them hunt, yeah, but instead, you know, I'll I'll just go hunt somewhere new, just waste your time, you know, yeah. So what know. do you guys think? Get in the comments. Yeah, what do, you, what do you do if like you're on public land, you've already flushed a covey out and they're gone? Because these wild birds, I mean, yeah. once you flush them once and they're in their escape cover, it's hard. There's not much catching up to them. So, would you stop and say like, "Hey, there's nothing here"? Yeah, or would you just be like, oh. "Let them let them figure out for themselves," or you know, what's hunt, what's hunt etiquette? Well, I like, think on the other side of that, as the if somebody come up to me and said that I might would say, well, maybe they think there is something here. So they're trying to make me move. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It sport. really just depends. A little gamesmanship. Yeah. <laughs> on, on who it is, you know? Yeah. I may, I've met a lot of people that would probably do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, Tell you, oh, there's nothing here. We already they're... know there's some sneaky jokers in Georgia putting up signs like you can't hunt here, can't hunt quail here. and Really? Oh yeah. Well, we've covered it on the podcast. Okay. Uh, Craig at uh, Flint River. Huh. They showed up to hunt. And there was a sign on the kiosk that said "quota only," and it was not. and it was not. And they and he ended up calling a game warden to confirm. And he's like, "Just rip the sign down." Huh. Wow. So somebody had that. made a sign. Hmm. Huh. Sneaker, sneaker. Off season project. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. make some signs up. <laughs> Make it look official. No more hunting ever here. <laughs> official. For any reason. Official decree of the Department of Natural Resources. <laughs> yeah. Hear ye. Yeah. So, you know. After a aforementioned date. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so it could I go guess. either way. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like you I think I probably would know, do the same. I yeah. feel like get, get, you know. Find it's 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 bird hunting. You got to find them. So, yeah. do you guys struggle with like when other people show up? It's kind of annoying in your head. You're like, Kah. no. But then you realize, like, wow, we're here too. Yeah. <laughs> like we're they doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. I guess the the only thing that would even ru- even slightly ruffle my feathers would be like if I had like a specific plan in mind of where I was going to hunt. Like if I, I knew I was going to start in this spot and I showed up and there was somebody there, would I say anything to them? No. Would I find somewhere else to hunt and not, yeah. would I, would I complain about it? Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like, yeah, it, Caleb's right. It's, it's there for everybody. We have equal access. The only thing yeah. that would bother me is, you know, somebody, you've already got dogs down or something and, and they come and park, you know, a hundred, 200 yards from your truck and put dogs down and yep. start yeah, hunting on the same close. side of the road or it's a little close. Yeah. I, I would say like a drainage between you at yeah. the very least, mm-hmm. you know, hunt an, hunt an area with a natural border right. that, uh, that's hopefully going to keep your dogs separated. Mm-hmm. That's going to be far enough away that you don't have to worry about them shooting you or you shooting them. You know, just shooting dogs. Just yeah, we're fortunate because yeah. I, I think you know I'm not sure how it is in like the Midwest or whatever, but that folks up there talk about how you just go out there and there's orange everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and I haven't really run into no. I have that. Seen that situation. I mean, if somebody if I see somebody 
if I see a truck, I just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, well, and the other, the flip side of that is there are so few people hunting quail on, on public land mm-hmm. in Georgia that, that are, at least in my opinion, um, that you almost want to talk to those people and like, yeah, especially like younger guys that, uh, you know, our peer group that are also hunters like that's, yeah, it's hard to find hunting buddies. Really? I've only had one, I've only had one negative encounter with another hunter and it wasn't like we weren't about to fight or anything. It was just, um, you were on that hunt. Uh, there was a bow hunter who came up to us. Yep. Afterward, it's like a rare day where there was bow hunting allowed and it was an open, qu- but the quail day, it like this is a WMA that didn't have general quail days. The quail days were very specific, specific, but bow hunting was still yeah, kind of a weird on. combo, <clears throat> right? And I would, you know, the state needs to probably look into that and yeah. do on certain WMAs, it's it's like they turn deer hunting off for quail hunting and at least for that day. Right. And yeah. so, but we just went around our hunt. We found a covey shot birds. Uh, and then this guy like drove around, tracked us down and was like, Hey, I was bow hunting back there. But like, he just, he didn't say anything when we were near. He didn't, didn't like, he? I, didn't he's he, like, I saw your dogs. Didn't he say something about y'all shot near me? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you're not wearing orange. You're not make yourself. You known. didn't say anything. If he would have said, "Hey, I'm deer hunting," we would have said, "Okay, well, we'll just go yeah. somewhere else." Too easy. We're gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm not there to wreck anybody's hunt. We the same morning we ran into some rabbit hunters. It was a like a club out of Florida. Yeah, they just had, they were running a couple of beagles. They were super cool, older guys, and told us, like, hey, we flushed some, or we heard birds over here, we flushed some birds over here, and yeah, very positive. And uh, I've met some other people on that particular WMA who we just kind of did the old, did y'all find anything? No, did y'all find anything? Whatever, yeah. you know. So maybe a good question for the, to answer in the comments would be, like, is there another type of hunter out there that seems to not get along with quail hunters. Yeah. Like I, I won't run my dogs if it's rifle season. No, even no, no, it, no. Even if it's technically legal, yeah. I'm, there's just some people out there. I'm not going to risk my dogs yeah. like that. So let us know if you've had a, a bad encounter with yeah. another, <clears throat> another hunter, maybe hunting something else or maybe another quail hunter. Yeah. Cause I'm sure it happens more in like national forest where they don't have delineated it's not managed yeah. like that so it's all always open yeah it's just hunting, hunting. Yeah. yeah so that could be a little weird yeah i don't know hmm. um i think about it when we go out i mean even on my our farm i text all the deer hunters and say hey we're running dogs today which is kind of a like hey you're not deer hunting today yeah <laughs> text right sorry if you had plans but we're running dogs i i wait i don't do it in the middle of the rut you know technically by the time wild birds come in is right in the middle of georgia's right tail yeah. rut or at the beginning right yeah 14th like, and then rut's like 17th 
through. Um, my, I've always heard third week of November is kind of the yeah Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. So birds but come could in be a second week before, weekend. Yeah, yeah. So birds come in second weekend in November. I'm not trying to disrupt a rut right. deer hunt to do yeah. it. Yeah, everything in South Georgia seems to take a backseat to deer hunting. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, so, and that that may not be for. Well, it's gonna it's it's gonna be that way for a long time. But the state, at least, is starting to spend a lot more money on quail hunting. Oh, absolutely. Or quail habitat management. Yeah. Um. A lot of projects going on right now. Yeah. And Hopefully we're gonna get some guests. Yeah. That's a so that's another thing that we're gonna probably hit on in a later episode. Have a whole episode dedicated to like. Uh, some different programs that are going on in the state with bird management. Um, and we've got some, we've got some cool stuff that's happened on that front to several of us, actually mm-hmm. uh, the three of us, plus another, another of yeah member of uh, every man upland. We've, we've, we've downed yeah. three, three banded, banded birds. Yeah. Three banded birds this and season. Collared. Banded and collared. Yeah. Every one of them was banded and collared. So, yeah. are they the slowest birds in the cubby? And that's why they <laughs> the one Maybe. we killed. Okay, so Caleb and I, we both shot the same bird. It was a single. Yeah, that we I, almost stepped on top of. Oh yeah. So have you have you guys found? Speaking of that, just more practical terms like these coveys. So we're educating the birds like every time. <clears throat> we go out and hunt whether or not we find them or whatever the sounds we make everything's educating these birds and it seems to me like the coveys are man they're on a hair trigger if you you know right. make too much of a sound but the singles they hunker down man they they stick tight yeah you got a near out step on them like a pin raised bird because our our pointers were way out in front mm-hmm. and i had text on the ground and the, he, our vandenberg yeah yeah he found that first two double oh, loomy that, pointed that's right that's right the banded because that was right after and it was that. in like a lone palmetto bush yeah. yep. by herself yeah but loomy was on top of her yeah i mean yeah what was yours um you mean what sex was it yeah, and banded. Was, a, it, uh, was it a single or? So it was weird. Um, I was taking uh, this guy who's guiding at Quail Ridge for the season. I was taking he, him and his son to show them the land and stuff. And He's from Maine. Yeah. We may have him on later or something. But uh, so this was the afternoon after Sam and Caleb had gotten their banded bird. I was originally supposed to go with them that morning, but babysitter issues prevented it so um i came down at lunch we ended up finding some birds right next to the road in the middle of the day um a couple of them got up and lit in oak branches and i was like ready to take a shot at one weird um anyway i took a few shots from the road at birds flying over i missed we hunted around there tried to hunt up some singles and then ended up finding another like four or five birds so i don't know if that was like where most of the covey had escaped to. And then we were, it was the same covey or maybe they were, had already been split up, but I only saw one 
single go that direction. And then we ended up finding like five or six. So, um, yeah, we just, we found a main covey of probably 10 to 12 birds and then split up after those. And I was finally able to run down and shoot a, a single from there. And it was a Bob. Yeah. My collared bird was a Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. So it's cool. Not only to see, I mean, obviously abandoned birds, just awesome to, to take, mm-hmm. but it's cool to see some research projects in action yeah. that will benefit something that I like to do, which is 100%. quail hunting. And the University of Georgia is doing that? Well, yeah. the bands are DNR, the collars are UGA. Yeah, and we're going to find out more about both of those projects. Yeah, we plan on having a representative of both of those organizations on the show to give us some more information. Um, yeah. But so that's just, that's been a really exciting thing for us this year. Yeah, absolutely. And we, like I said, we got a lot more opportunity in the immediate future. We plan on heading up into a different part of Georgia that we're not usually at. I've never been to, to hunt. No, I've never hunted. And, I've uh, done a little duck hunting up there. That's it. Yeah. And so we're going to head up there for uh, mainly targeting woodcock, but which apparently the woodcock are in. Caleb and I flush one on the farm uh, Christmas Eve. Yep. Yeah, because we got a brute. I mean, everybody in the country got a brutal cold snap, yeah. unless you're in like Air, southern Arizona. I think everybody got that crazy cold weather uh, <clears throat> right before Christmas, but that was a good day of hunting. You could walk all day in that. Yeah, dogs dogs weren't letting up. They didn't really get tired. And then a week later, you're eighty degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That when we went out and found those wild birds the other day, we couldn't go. We were out there an hour and a half, yeah. and the dogs were, and they're in shape. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so Henry mentioned earlier, just switching gears, that uh, we did breed Jesse, my American Brittany, to Jace Brooks's uh, Alba, and uh, we were successful, had a wonderful, healthy litter of puppies, which I'd never been through the whole process. You know, I've been around puppies and stuff, but... This was the first time, like, this whole litter was my responsibility and, you know, making sure mom came through the whelping process. If you don't know what whelping is, that's just dog talk for delivery, being born. Is there more to whelping than that? I don't think that, I don't think that labor includes. Labor and delivery. I don't think that includes, like, nursing and all that, but. No. Nah. You just, I mean, you just get them set up. Get a little heat pad in there. Right around the same yeah, time, yeah. Henry was dealing with another litter of puppies. I think I think it's more along the lines of you know they they come out and you're like, well, they're here. Well, well, well. Yeah, we go. no doubt. Because well, what I did, I, I mean, you're not wrong because you're really the first four weeks just taking care of the mom because then she take the dam, then she takes care of the. If everything's going well, yeah, you shouldn't have to do much to the puppies. puppies. I mean, maybe like when they're very the first when they're very first born, you may have to 
like make sure that none of them get separated and they all get close and yeah but sam had a nice welpin box with the heat pad and everything so yeah we had a little pig rail so she didn't roll over she's bound and determined to lay on them and so there was a little thing there but then you just have to there's a moment where i you know you just have to trust the mom and instincts to take over but yeah and uh got to take them to get their tails docked yeah. I know that's apparently that's controversial now, which I didn't realize. I'm like, we did it. And my vet was like, "Yep, let's get those tails docked." So, uh, docked the tails. Mom was fine. Uh, How many puppies did you have total? Eight. Yeah. Five males, three females. Most of which, half the litter, ended up in Fort Myers. Different <laughs> owners. But uh, I don't know a bunch of people in Fort Myers. You know, it's kind of a Facebook, or, or you're not supposed to deal animals over Facebook. But oh, well. Um, <laughs> there were some contacts made. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Henry ended up with one. Yep. Uh, Good-looking puppies, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I got two males at the house. That's all that's left. And uh, I'm kind of... Uh, at the point where we're deciding, okay, do we try to get rid of do do we price to move these puppies or do we start them and put them back on the market in six to nine months and you know sell them as started dogs or do we keep one? I don't I don't really want to keep one. Yeah, I think it, you know not right now. I think a trying to do that with the starting them and then selling a started dog would be a good, you know, that's another thing you've never done that any of us have ever done. So maybe that's yeah, a neat experience. To, yeah. yeah. They're good at looking, least, you know, man. at least kind of have an idea of what, if so now's a good time to plug your new Instagram. Oh yeah. Old Baby <laughs> Kennels. You can find uh, all the dog. I hate to say business, but like, dog specific stuff like what we do with dogs on the farm as far as training and any breeding and stuff that's on old bay borough kennels so you can search that on instagram um yeah and if you i mean i don't know this we'll probably publish this podcast soon but if you are interested in american britney's or Britney's in general let me know and they are some good looking pups yeah so even if not now there we'll probably have some litters in the future yeah i think we all have britneys yeah and i've got another french britney on the way uh, yeah we're january she's coming home so i gotta go get her the everyman upland crew is kind of broadening yeah. into kennel because i'm i'm i've got i've got kennel facilities being built right now or that i'm building yeah. um to hopefully but i'm while Sam's focus is on American and French Britneys, I think my focus is going to be more on uh, Vieslas. The Vieslas. Hunt, actual hunting Vieslas, yeah. too, because yeah. man alive. I'm I'm just going to put it out there. The Vieslas around us and the clubs around us. Henry, I'm not saying that y'all agree with this statement. I'm just going to put it out there as Sam Baker are breeding some soft pansy vieslas that i know vieslas are better than that i think it's a problem with our culture sam yeah we've I got agree. we've got a bunch of 
people who like the way these sport dogs look because they're muscular and athletic. Mm, preach. And I, and I guess something in their mind thinks, oh, I live the same lifestyle that these hunting guides and, you know, I... I live in a hundred foot square foot apartment. <laughs> stop. I should get a bird dog. Stop yeah. buying sporting breeds. Stop buying. If you don't hunt with yeah. them, stop buying. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> they need miles of exercise. When we say, when, when you're reading the breed description of a sporting breed dog, it's like needs frequent exercise. They're talking about like an hour of running, mm-hmm. not five minutes let out in the backyard. Yeah. They need, if, if you're going to have them inside, they not only need to just like exercise, but they need tasks to occupy their mind. I'm not, dis- I don't want to discourage anybody from getting into the sport, but that's part right. of the sport is roading, running, exercising your dogs, letting them get out. Caleb does not live out in the country. Really, I mean, Moultrie is kind of rural anyway, but but you have to travel to run your dogs. Yes, you don't. You live in a neighborhood. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like Henry and I live on farms. I load them up and take them to the farm. Yeah, and run them around. Yeah, because that's what it takes. I mean, is what it is. I mean, I, I'll be- tell you an example. Of what happened this year? Actually, 2022. Um, last year. A, I don't know if I talked about this on a previous episode. I'm kind of lost as far as what we've done and what we haven't done. But somebody who was very well-meaning asked me if they should get a cocker English cocker spaniel, field bred English. Well, I asked, "Where's it coming from?" They told me. I said, "No, it's not a good idea." Are you? This was for a house dog. Uh, for an older couple. I said, no, <clears throat> not a good idea. Well, a week later, they're like, well, we went ahead and got that puppy. And I said, in nine months, that dog's going to be at my house. Lo and behold, nine months later, they were begging me to come take that dog. And <clears throat> I was able to help rehome him um, after, you know, making sure he wasn't gun shy and introducing him to birds. He was able to go... Uh, what's that? What you mean? You never mind. You didn't shoot a handgun around him. Oh no no no! Oh gosh! Oh yeah, that was part of it. Um, but no, I I properly introduced the dog to bird and gun like I would do a puppy, mm-hmm. and was able to find him a home with Shane. You know, in middle Georgia, and now he's out there fetching ducks out of swampy old ponds and in the dove field and quail hunting and, and doing what a field bred English cocker is made to do and having a great life. And, and Shane, his dogs out of our group are probably some of the best in shape because he runs them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he lives on 400 acres. and Yeah. And so, you know, that's how it goes. And then you see it all. I mean, I see it on Facebook and the groups all the time. We're just not able to keep this dog. This dog barks too much, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, they're bored. Mm-hmm. Or like, what? what is a good... I, I see the Facebook question. I was like, what, besides exercise, what's a good way to help calm my Brittany down? More exercise? Yeah. Hunting? Yeah. It's, it's people trying to change 
all a dog, leash a, exercise. Change a dog that has been bred to do a certain thing for mm-hmm. hundreds of years to fit their needs. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. You find a dog that is already bred to to fit those needs, and there's yeah. plenty of them. There's plenty of house dogs, pets, you know. That, yeah, that Caleb's fit. got two non-sporting dogs that live inside, and they're great. Yeah. So and They're laying around right now. Yeah. Needy. Dog. They're a little bit needy. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you get into the basics of, like, dog genetics, they're bred to do certain things. Some of them are bred to be pets. Some of them are bred to be working dogs. The The area where people start getting working dogs for pets and, you know, there's even some people using pets for working dogs. I've seen, I've seen, uh, or just recently seen a picture of a pit on point. So <laughs> I'd much rather that happen. Though, yeah. Yeah. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Take, For sure. take your house dog and out to the field. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. No problems yeah. there. The opposite is where it becomes a problem. Well, and then you dilute the breed. Too. Well, that's what we're getting at. Yeah. That's what's happened to Vishla's. They've been breeding them for a house dog temperament. Yeah. And but it dilutes. I don't think Vishla's are there as much as other breeds. Like, I would say the yeah. difference between like a a pet bred quote unquote Visla and a and a field bred Visla is not as far off as the difference between a field bred lab and a pet bred lab. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cocker spaniel. That's what had happened to yeah. cocker spaniels. Basically. I just feel like Vislas have not been in the spotlight long enough to be completely like washed of their hunt drive. It seems like Vislas got real popular during COVID. Um, like what's, people just start buying them up. I know a lot of one of the big ones that I can't remember her name cause I don't watch Fox news, but, or I don't watch any major news organization really, but some, there was a big, there was a very popular Fox anchor, some woman that had a Vesla that was famous. Oh, was it Bush? Bush. Jenna Bush? Possibly. She's I not don't on know. Fox. I don't know either. Really. Anyway. <laughs> I don't watch. <laughs> I mean, there was I like, watch that kind of news. <laughs> there was a book, but anyway, it was famous. And I think now she even has another one. Great. But yeah, it's just a. I remember there was uh, so there was a Super Bowl commercial last year that had a German wire hair pointer, and Craig was lamenting. He was like, "Please don't use them anymore." It was like a Cadillac commercial during yeah. the Super Bowl had a German wire hair, and he was like, "God Almighty!" Yeah, because th- people are going to see that crap, and you know they're going to dilute the breed. I think part of it is it's just because. Upland hunting is very specialized and it's a small community. A lot of those breeds aren't super popular or in the, in the mainstream. And so when people find those breeds, they kind of latch onto it. It's, it's popular because it's rare or because right. it's not yeah. seen something like, they haven't seen before. Yeah. Like you're saying with wire hairs, with Vislas, it's like, it hasn't been popular in America for long, but I, they're exploding now for some reason. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, so having a litter, I've registered dogs before, and with having French Britneys, there's kind of some nuances between UKC, AKC. You kind of got to navigate that a little bit, but I didn't realize until I was watching the Thanksgiving, they have the National Dog Show. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is it's AKC. And... They, it was the first year they had recognized the Bracco Italiano. Not my favorite hunting dog, but you know, there's a certain podcaster out there that's made him pretty popular. Um, God, what's the name? 
It's like the, oh, the dog hunting podcast or something like that. Well, the, I know the guy the from meat eater guy. Meat, yeah, uh, can't remember. Doug, his name. that's not his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's he's got, got Brock's or Brocco Italianos. But I didn't realize they weren't AKC. But then somebody contacted me. They were getting a poodle pointer, which I've hunted with a poodle pointer before. I, I, they're cool looking dogs, but they're not AKC. They're only they're UKC, and so I, I didn't realize that there were all these. They're kind of like hunting breeds I thought were established that aren't AKC. Which that there's a lot of politics in that. But I mean, <laughs> poodle pointers have been around forever, right? I mean, yeah, UKC from the way I understand is a little more. <clears throat> Sorry, I got something in my hung up. <coughs> I'll get there. I'll get there, boys. UKC, I think, is a little more uh, global in their look mm-hmm. and how they establish breeds or decide what breed standards are. There's a there's like an international organization that actually establishes some international breed standards, and UKC uses that, but AKC doesn't. Really, um, it is the American Kennel right. Club, and I'm I'm still learning. That's a whole. I don't know if there's a guest we could have on that could really unravel. I'm sure there <laughs> is, but it's hard to be unbiased. What I'm saying is, I don't know. Is there an unbiased guest that we could have on that could kind of unravel? dog registration and all that kind of stuff like breed stuff and kind of compare the two yeah i mean i know some people in the eb world but i don't they're a little biased yeah i don't know how unbiased so, they can be so talking about that and that this i mean you've recently done a trial yeah, that yeah, was field trial um and i'm sure we're probably gonna have a, an episode talking about that but uh there's different so there's different rule sets for different organizations obviously a hundred percent um and the one that you most recently did was um fell under AKC. akc yeah and you're gonna you're planning on to do another one in february correct february would be uk uh, ukc okay. trial and so very different feel very uh, like different rules different judging criteria um I don't know how I'm not, I'm not a pioneer. I'm just like feeling my way through yeah, no, no, experience, I mean, but I don't know if there's a lot of people who once they get going, are they crossing over a lot? I, I Jackie Hoagner does. I gotcha. Um, and I want to say like Josh Ritter and then they, they do both. Maybe, maybe a lot of people do both, but it seems difficult to have a dog that's going to do well. Yeah, I mean, how's how's the dog going to know what the rules are? Right, exactly. I mean, unless you just train specifically for a rule set. And then then there's like Nastra, which is totally different. Uh, American Field, which is now owned by UKC, but has has kept the American Field rule and standards. There's NAVDA, which is more hunt testing. And um, I don't know a lot about NAVDA because... <clears throat> they're just not 
we were talking about this earlier. They're just not ubiquitous enough. It's like NAVDA, and this is no shade on NAVDA as an organization, but it seems like they got a lot of national recognition through like podcasting and media and stuff, people talking them up, mm-hmm. but there's just not enough like active chapters in enough places in Georgia. Because somebody who contacted me wanted to get involved with NAVDA, I'm like, well, I don't know much about it. So I started digging a little. And the only training days they had were either down near Miami or up near, like, north of Atlanta. I'm like, man, if you live in South Georgia, that's a long way to go to train a training day. Yeah. Yeah. And so... And and, to, and it's really an organization built around that community and training together and a rising tide, rise all ships kind of thing. Because you're not competing head to head. There's not first, second, third. You're just place. trying to meet standards. Yeah, or, you're yeah. trying to pass the test. Yeah. Right. And so if they've got five dogs who pass, that you know, five dogs pass. So there's just not. If you're in South Georgia and you're like really Everman Upland fan, thanks for listening. But I don't know much about NAVDA because they're not, I don't know enough NAVDA people around here. I know NASTRA, there's a lot of NASTRA, ton of American field, although that's a, <clears throat> I'll be honest, that's a little bit of a closed off community. Um, AKC, to be honest, was a little more closed off. Like, it was harder. Um, you got... I feel like you you have to be an extrovert. Like, if you're a really introverted person and you're not just going to, like, put yourself in a situation, like, AKC could be tough. Um, UKC seemed a little more friendly. And Nastra seems, like, pretty friendly to get involved with. So... That's just my experience so far. Hopefully I have a lot more experience. Yeah, up. well, that's that's kind of the whole point, or at least part of it. I mean, I know you're having fun doing it, but um, I know we had talked about last season kind of getting involved in some more of these um, trials and stuff just to kind of give our listeners some ideas about, like, the, yeah. the differences between them and, you know, what, what it's like to kind of – hop in or get your toe get your feet wet yeah because uh, yeah, it's not something any of us have ever done you know i've been to some field trials but i don't know anything about it and i'm i, I guess i've i've done one cocker trial years ago and i'm yeah anyway we so I'm, do I'm, that one again. it's a goal of mine to get to get into some more competitions we're gonna too. try to all do that one this year <laughs> yeah I'd, right? like, I'd like to do that yeah 2023 cocker trials red hills that could be a whole episode too. that's a fun that's just a fun event and I will say, I had fun at the AKC trial that I ran in. I had, a, I had a, a lot of fun. And it was neat seeing other people's dogs work. Um, because w- even when I was guiding, you know, I don't get to see other guides handle dogs. You know, I, I know how I do it. And that's about it. I'm never with other guides. And so then when when we're hunting okay so i see how henry handles his dogs but in a wild bird public land situation i handle my dogs a lot differently as in there's very little handling right i don't handle my dogs i mean what are you yeah i mean i 
I don't use the whistle. I mean, basically, <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to keep them, you know, ranged in a little bit, just where I can keep an eye on them. But other than that, I don't really. I don't. Yeah. I try not to handle them much. I don't try not to be too loud. Yeah, try not to be too loud. You know. Try not to. I mean, they have just as good an idea of where birds are as I do. Yeah. So it's not like I'm directing them into birds. I like them to stay ahead of me. That's about it. Yeah. I don't like them to be under my feet. That's worse. But but what I was saying is at the field at these field trials you do get like to see how other people do it. Yeah. And which is to me pretty valuable and just saying like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that or you know. Or just well, be like, am I a weirdo? Is this is is this how everybody else does this? Well, it's it's easy to get um you guiding hunts. You you do what works. Yeah, um, you know absolutely. And so it, you know, maybe it, it it'll work for that scenario, that situation. But yeah, I've been guiding for ten years. I get I I've, I'm sure I've developed some really bad <laughs> habits that would not you know wouldn't be good for like the competition or field trial scene. Yeah, I mean, because nobody's paying a thousand dollars a day to watch you train dogs. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, you know. So if it doesn't go perfectly every time, it's really if the guest is having fun, they're having fun, yeah, and I'm not being judged on if my dog takes a step towards a bird. You right. know, their their point of them not flushing the bird, so we get a chance to shoot at it. But you know, if if you're already on top of the dog and you're going to yeah. get a chance to shoot, I don't really. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? As long as they don't move when I'm on my way over to them, I'm good. And it, and guiding on a preserve is a lot about efficiency. So, you know, steady to wing and shot isn't always isn't always great. Yeah, you want them to be right on top of a retrieve. You don't want them jumping up. You you know you want safe shots and safe. It would just slow to to be for every bird encounter. I'm talking about every bird encounter. You know, at what does an average party kill about? Twenty-five to thirty. Yeah, yeah. Thirty is a good. I mean, there's people that kill a lot more. Yeah. Well, I would say this is a preserve hunt. I would say shooters being the same, like shooting level the same. The the thing that's going to bring back more birds is an efficient team of dogs yeah if you were stated wing and shot on every bird encounter it would slow the hunt down to a crawl yeah that'd take forever yeah you'd have to you'd have to get to the point flush the bird if they kill the bird then you have to go get release it get your dog to go find the bird and a lot of times the dogs i've seen that are steady to wing and shot have less of a retrieval drive yeah it's hard because i mean you're having to break them of wanting to go get that bird i mean you you're not breaking them of the want, but you're breaking them of the, of the action, and so then, yeah, I don't know. It's that's getting complicated, but I'm I'm interested to see because in UKC Open, they they have to be steady to wing and shot, and they have to retrieve the hand. So I'm interested to see are do you, are you. I just have to talk to some people. Are they limiting their dog's retrieve drive, or do they end up having to force fetch them? Like, if a dog's got a real natural retrieve, it can be tough to make them hang back. But, yeah, on a plantation, it's just 
it's very different. It's almost like like all those organizations have their own style of hunting, and then yeah. plantation style hunting is even different from that. So yeah, yeah, it's all different. We're about numbers. Yeah. I mean, when you boil it, that's what it boils down to. We're just trying to bring back the most birds that we yeah. can. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bring back sixty, that's everything clicking. Just dogs are on top of retrieves, on top, of, on top of doubles. Because that's like a lot of clients doubling every rise and, you know, dogs being there. Yeah, it's it's a good feeling for birds to get up, like three or four to go down, and then you you've, you already see two coming back to you. Yeah, and then you're working on, because that's, if the other thing, if it's 75 degrees, if that dog doesn't mark that bird down, you can waste a lot of dog energy in trying to hunt a dead bird up right up under your feet. Like you mark it down as the hunter, but you know, it goes, it burrows up under the wire grass or does something stupid in the briars. And then you're wasting precious minutes of a dog's energy to find this dead bird. It's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Yeah. There's a lot to it. 75 degrees, not fun. I'm sure people in, if we have any listeners in Texas and the Southwest, they're like, well, you are pansies, but it's rough. <laughs> it's rough hunting. Yeah. I mean, I've hunted in 90 degree weather oh, yeah. before. Is Yeah. It's just not fun. Yeah. I'd rather that 20 degree cold snap come oh, through than. All day. Yeah. I'll take 20 all day. Well, is there anything else? I mean, we need to catch up on. I think we pretty much hit. Yeah. I think we've got a overview so far of the season. Yeah, we've got woodcock weekend weekend coming up next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Still a I'm good, excited. you know, solid two months of quail season left. So hopefully we'll get another some good opportunities to get after them. And yeah, and we're trying to get back in the groove of putting podcasts out, but we've just been enjoying our dogs yeah. and hunting. Yeah, we don't want to do a podcast until it's hunting season. And usually by then we're hunting, so. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And then when we're done hunting, we start fishing. You get what you get. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Keep you wanting you more. You, you get what you pay for. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're not paying to get this podcast because it is free on <laughs> Spotify and pot, uh, I, what is that? Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. for listening. If you have any comments, send them our way. Keep up with us on Instagram. Hopefully we can put out some more episodes for you. See you later.